This is the Ops Authority Podcast, where my mission is to break down the backside of your business so you can take the right actions to grow and scale. Hey, I'm Natalie Gingrich, a small business operations expert, and I'm going to give you a front row seat to real solutions that will help you reach the vision that you have for your business, all while equipping you to put out those inevitable pesky fires and those fears that pop up. Listen in for strategies to grow your team, craft the systems and processes that you need for your business, and establish business foundations that you may have skipped over. I know you're ready to do really big things, so let's do it together. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Ops Authority Podcast. And you are so lucky today because you're not just going to get it from me. You're also going to get it from an amazing friend, peer, just partner in this business journey, my dear friend, Melissa Froelich. And I'd like to take a second to introduce you to her formally, and then you're going to get a behind the scenes, straight up conversation between the two of us focused on the mindset shifts that she sees our DOOs making and that we work together in inside of our community. So let me talk to you about Melissa really quick. She is a sought after business strategist, a mentor, a certified mindset coach who works with established female entrepreneurs ready to own the role of being a leader inside of their own business. She empowers and equips female entrepreneurs who want to carve out their own path for building a profitable business that brings them freedom and fulfillment. If you ever wanted to know how you get to have friends that feel the exact same way as you, this is the living proof of that. So everything I just read about her, I feel like I could say for myself, and this is why we're such good partners in this work. After leaving her Fortune 500 corporate job to follow her active duty Air Force husband across the U.S., Melissa rapidly built a booked out multi six-figure coaching business. Through coaching, consulting, and community, she helps women finally see what is possible and become competent CEOs who grow their businesses based on their unique definition of success. She also subscribes to the same thing I believe, which is you don't do this the same way somebody else has done this. Melissa's holistic approach to business development helps women learn to develop their inner CEO through personal leadership development and the creation of customized, aligned business strategies that make sense for them as a unique individual. Melissa finds true joy in helping these trailblazing CEOs shorten their path to success, grow their businesses, and finally gain more freedom to pursue their dreams on their own terms. And behind all of this, she's a real person who enjoys spending time with her husband, her daughter, and her dogs while adventuring outdoors or exploring a beach somewhere in Mexico. This woman is a fantastic counterpart to me, and I know that you're going to love this conversation. When Melissa and I first became friends in a very fast path, we had talked about, I was seeing her. I mean, she's always been in the space about the same time I came into the space. She was here and we had the same interest. I could tell from the outside as you're kind of spying and stalking people, I could tell that we were quite aligned and it didn't bother me that we were in the same kind of space as operations. She was a OBM at this time, I was a service provider as a DOO, and we were not necessarily sharing clients, but we had a skill set that was so similar. And then I just got to know, I had the pleasure of getting to know Melissa on a personal level. And the idea of, you know, quote unquote competitor was just never part of it. I remember I had friends around me who were like, oh my goodness, like, you know, the whole competitive mindset, which has never been present for either of us. And I don't think that we really operate like that in general for anyone. So, 
lucky enough, we were able to build a really strong friendship. She has been a partner with me in this business in multiple capacities inside of the Ops Authority as I have navigated growth and she has supported lots of our DOOs. She has brought us plenty of DOOs and then she still works inside of our Ops Inner Circle as our mindset coach. One other thing I would share is as we got to know one another, I was so impressed with the work that Melissa had done around mindset. And I had mentioned in her formal bio that she went out and became a certified mindset coach because she kind of had the same, the same itch that I'm alluding to. And she wanted to gain more skills to be able to help more people. So she became a certified mindset coach. And that is a skill that I admittedly just don't have. I've always kind of pressed through it. And I wanted to incorporate it into my programs and to help other women who were coming through our programs in that way. But I knew I wasn't the right person. So I partnered with somebody that I wholeheartedly trust. And I selfishly get the help and support (laughs) through Boxer channels and our friendship. But I wanted to bring that into our community. So Melissa shows up for our community all the time. And she's a real leader in this space. And I'm so excited to have her here today to share one of the things that I lean on her for inside of our community. So welcome, Melissa. Mm, Thank you so much for having me and that amazing introduction. (laughs) We're going to talk about the mindset shifts that you see our community making as they're stepping into their DOO role. And sometimes this is people who are not even in our program, right? This is just the up-leveling, the achieving uh, or the search for success of where people are going. And lots of times that is, well, every time that is different for every single person, but specifically to directors of operations, when they are starting to transcend, let's, I love that word. I can Mm, see it visually. It just up-leveling means one thing, but I see transcending in a different way because it's a combination of up-leveling and evolving, really becoming that next best version, which I've talked a lot about on the podcast. But we can see that for ourselves in the past. And in the last few episodes, we've been talking about how to become that next best self and why the importance of defining that vision for your next best self is so important. That's great. But once you create that vision for yourself, we start reverse engineering it. And when we reverse engineer, this is when we start to have it become more practical and actionable. It's like, now you're going to do what all operators do. And you're going to take that vision and break it down into, let's just say a project plan. And when that happens, this is where the action begins and where there is action. That's where we start to be met with resistance and the what ifs and the imposter and the, that's not for me, that's for this person. And so Mindset shifts are necessary as we continue to evolve into our next best self. And so I wanted to have Melissa on here as the expert in all things mindset. And she truly knows the heart and the work of a service provider. So she's a very unique and wonderful asset to me and to this community. But she is the best person to talk about practical ways to to achieve those shifts that are going to be necessary as you continue to evolve in your service-based business. So wanted to give you some context as to why she's so important here and also the context to what we're talking about today. So as you get really strong in your conviction in becoming your next best self, whether that is going from an operations manager to a DOO or an OBM to a DOO or one kind of DOO to another kind of DOO, I don't really care. As long as you're in that search for evolving yourself 
and transcending into the next best version of yourself, one of the mindset things that I see coming up a lot is we as people want to get the result before we put that work in. And I believe that something that you are really sound in, Melissa, and helping people to see this for themselves is to know themselves first before they search for, put an action plan, let's just say, we're very action-oriented here. So we will put that action plan together. And a lot of times I see this, and I'm sure you have seen this too, where people will skip the most foundational work here. And I know we talk a lot about it, but I think you have a different and a really strong perspective around this, but we want them to know themselves. And so let's talk a little bit about the mindset that goes into that piece or the significance of that piece. Oh gosh, this is so exciting for me to talk about because I have literally walked this path, right? I understand the importance of it and doing this work sooner rather than later. And that's a big motivation for me to have gone and continue to do the work to understand all of the different layers of mindset work that are necessary. So I want to be clear about that. Mindset work, leadership, all the things we're going to talk about, this is not a box you get to check. This is a commitment to ongoing work. So that's the like not great news. But the the thing is, is it gets easier because you have more data from which to go off of. And so as strategists and operators, the thing that we all have in common is we like to have information so that we can build a really great path forward, right? We can all agree on that. So the thing that I see that so many DOOs or service providers in general, myself including at this stage where they're like wanting to transcend, as you said, is they're lacking the knowledge about who they truly are as individuals, that inner leadership, that self-leadership. And so when we start to do that work and we start to figure out who we are, we are going to get so much data. We're going to start to uncover why we are desiring to go this direction and not to go that direction. Why we are naturally like, oh my gosh, don't ever sign me up for that. I want to do more of this. We start to identify the mindset shifts that we need to take. Because I could stand here right now today and talk about common mindset things that I see, but that is going to look very, very different for each person as an individual. So when you take it back to yourself and you start to get clear on who you are and how you lead, then we're going to get to take that mindset work and make it more strategic, right? Now we're starting to speak everybody's love language. Like that's how we start to marry mindset work and strategy. But we have to know who you are in order to then create the strategy for you to do the mindset work. Because what imposter syndrome looks like to me and what it looks like to Natalie, there's going to be some similarities, but the root cause of it is going to be different. The motivation for it to show up is going to be different because we are all individuals. And at its core, right, let's talk about what mindset is. That is the set of beliefs that we hold that shape the decisions that we're going to make going forward, how we say yes to opportunities or how we react in fear and go a different way. That comes from a whole lot of stuff. It comes from our DNA. It comes from the experiences that we've had as a child. It comes from experiences that we had in high school relationships, in our first jobs, as a parent, on and on and on. All that stuff, we put it together in a big bubble around us and that becomes our current mindset and that is literally going to be our beacon. That's our compass. So when we start to look at that, 
obviously my mindset bubble is going to be different from the person to my right and the person to my left. And then the beauty of mindset is we can change it. It's not, I acquired all of these things and now I am defined by my mindset and I am cemented. It's not tattooed. (laughs) Like that's the really, really good news. We can do work to change our mindset going forward, but it has to start with understanding who we are, how we respond to things. So getting curious about ourselves as individuals is really, really the first step. So that inner leadership. We hear a lot about strengths-led businesses and values-based businesses, and that's amazing. And we want that. And those are the types of women that I coach. And those are the types of women that end up coming into the DOO certification. But how do you figure out what that means for you? We have to go back to knowing ourselves as individuals. I know you've done a lot of extensive work in this. And I I want to talk about this here. When we say like knowing yourself, mm-hmm. in some ways, like tangentially, it's like, well, I know myself. <laughs> like this is what I stand for. This is what I, you know, that's where we kind of get that vision and the values work that I talk about so often. But there are a lot of other tools out there that frankly, our community is really obsessed with. And there's a variety of them. So when I think of knowing ourselves, there's just several data points that we can pull together. Some of it is our experiences, as you alluded to, but then there are other helpful tools that you've done a lot of work in. I've done a lot of work in that I want to just take a few minutes today to talk about. I know for me, I'm actually a certified Colby consultant, and that's the path that I went down. And I, because I was just, I wanted to know myself. Really, mm-hmm. I wanted to know myself better. And so I became interested. I became a practitioner. And then I was like, oh, I'll just get certified, which is neither here nor there. But the point I'm trying to say is just the importance of using additional data points. And for me, that data point that I became really anchored in and curious in was Colby. And then I moved to Gallup's and the Strength Finders. And, you know, that list is not short. I've continued to take every <laughs> assessment and every tool out there. And I'd like for you to share, you know, kind of where you are in that journey too. Yes. So we were talking about this a little bit before we hopped on and we all like a good blueprint, roadmap, something tangible, right? And I think that that's part of the allure with any type of assessment that we can do. And so I'm going to talk about some of my favorites and the why behind it with the caveat, with the disclaimer for every single person listening, do not let any assessment define you. This is data. If it is not resonant 100%, that's okay there are so many layers that we need to peel back. Mindset work is layers. It's like an onion. I use that analogy all the time. So I want whatever combination that sparks desire, joy, interest in you, use that as a guide. It is not the Bible, okay? I really, really, really want that to be clear because sometimes I will work with clients and they're like, I did this thing and this is not me. And I've started trying to make myself become like this thing. And it's like, no, no, that's not what we want to do here. So I think we can all relate back, especially like our generation when we did the Myers-Briggs for the first time. Like it's probably rare that we would have a group of people like from 30 to 50 in a room that haven't done the Myers-Briggs, right? And that was still like, wow, so cool. Well, I feel like that has its place, but there's so much more that is available to us now that shows these different layers and these different areas that can really help us in terms of that inner leadership. 
So the Colby for me was also the first thing I was introduced to in the entrepreneurial space beyond beyond the Myers-Briggs that I was like, this is amazing. So I'm an 8353. And that really, really helped me understand my natural strengths, also my blind spots. So that's the thing. We talk about inner leadership. We talk about strengths-led business. We don't get to only like wallow in the strengths. We have to look at the shadow side, the blind spots, the things that are going to be potential roadblocks, barriers, stand in our way that are going to ignite the imposter syndrome. That is equally, if not more important. So when you do any of this, I also want you to look at the not so shiny side because that's the data that we really want to dive into to create more alignment and empowerment, equally, if not more so. So the Colby for me is still it's part of my trifecta. So my personal like stack right now is the Colby, the Enneagram and human design. And I will, I'll share a little bit more about the why for each of those things. But regardless, it's about having something to do deeper work with, right? We have some knowledge. We can see who we are. And I have been studying human design now for almost a year in a very, very in-depth program that looks at human design and gene keys. And the one thing that like every human design coach, practitioner, person who uses that as a key tool will say is I've been saying the same thing for years to my clients, but when I'm able to show them the human design blueprint, they're like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. Now, what do I do with it? And it's sort of like, we can't help it as humans that when we see something tangible, then we're ready to boom, go and do the work. So that's one of my favorite pieces. Like who doesn't love a good quiz, for instance, when we get something that we can look at and be like, oh, this is me. So that's kind of like why I love using assessments to help really become a catalyst for doing the deeper mindset work, okay? And again, this isn't like someday I woke up and I'm like, wow, I really need to embrace my inner CEO and be a better leader in my business so I can have more alignment and create more sustainable growth. And so suddenly... I'm embracing mindset work and I know all these things. This is a journey, folks. So if you're sitting here right now today and being like, I have a lot of mindset stuff that I need to dive into, great news. There's a whole (laughs) bunch of places we can start and the work is never ending and it does become fun. And that's one of the things that I continue to experience within Inner Circle, right? I get to show up and spend time with these women every single month. And many of them now that I have relationships with for years, and I see the work providing incredible results. But it's only work that we can truly measure as individuals or as the mentor or somebody sitting on the other side of that table. So sometimes mindset work, right, can be really frustrating because we don't have a way of quantitatively measuring it. And I feel like we talk about this all the time in Inner Circle because everybody's like, okay, my metrics dashboard and all the things which we love. And I'm like, now I'm going to ask you to do this work that's really freaking important and it's really hard to measure. In fact, sometimes we really can't measure it statistically, right? It's a lot about feeling. So I'm asking you as a service provider and an operator who is really ingrained in the strategy and we'll call it the masculine side of stuff, numbers, data, to also realize that you have to lean into something that is way more gut-based, heart-based feeling. I remember 
mentors and people asking me like, well, you know, how does it feel in your body? We're going to talk in a little while about like pricing and some things that come up around that. I have no idea what that means. Now today I can because I understand myself as an individual a lot more. So this is a lot of trust in the process (laughs) because this isn't, all right, today I'm going to decide that I'm also going to prioritize mindset work. It is not necessarily going to click right away. It's not going to be easy. This is going to be a new skill that you're going to have to embrace and unlock. And I say that from somebody who's walked this path and continues to walk this path, but it will pay huge dividends. And it does. I mean, all of our work, if you're building a business or you're trying to find an employer to partner with, knowing yourself and all of this that that Melissa just shared is so important to make sure that you're getting into healthy, well, safe relationships and building a business you actually love. I appreciate the fact that we shared that there's a combination here in we both believe that knowing yourself is one of the biggest proponents to building something fulfilling for yourself. And there's no one direct straight path to be able to get there. You're going to be met with resistance that's going to potentially put you into a mindset spin or a distrust of yourself. And what Melissa has shared here is that we've got tools and we as operators love tools. So we've got some tools to help us get to know ourselves But that also has to be met with the practical experiences, with the self-exploration of your own values, which these tools are not going to pull out your values. They're going to pull out traits, personality Mm -hmm. traits or cognitive traits, work traits that you have. But there's a combination. If we talk about the triad for me, that's it. It's using these tools, understanding that they provide you some validation and we love validation. That helps us. The other piece is the values set. And then the other is just experiences. And you put all of those together. And this is how you continuously, this sounds cliche, but fall in love with yourself. Mm -hmm. You have to really be into yourself. And I don't mean this from an arrogant perspective, but (laughs) if you're going to build a business that is built off of you, you better make sure that, that it is in touch with you because it will never feel good if you copy somebody else. And that's a whole other tangent that you've heard me be on several times here on this podcast. But knowing yourself is one of the the biggest pieces that I want you, we're saying it up front because it is the most important to me as well as Melissa as a true mindset coach and practitioner. Want to move into another place where we get blocked and would love your insight for myself. (laughs) I'm taking this (laughs) in too. As we progress through our professional lives and up-level. But one of those is moving from an implementer into a strategist. And so there's a part of us as operators who just like kind of being nerdy, who like being in the business, right? Who like doing the things. And for most of us, that's how we started to gain momentum was from the doing. We did it really well. We did it fast. We were efficient. We may have had a different system behind it. And it started to garner attention from clients. And then we became referable because people were like, wow, she does this better than anyone else. And all of a sudden, her friends and his friends were all, you know, pulling. We were getting more business than we had time for because we were so good at the doing. But that wasn't our greatest skill. Our greatest skill is in the strategy or we were working towards being seen as a strategist. I fully believe that every implementer is a strategist. 
whether they choose to exercise and leverage that is up to them. When you're coming through the DOO program, that's what people are looking for. They want that validation through frameworks, you know, through templates, through all of these things. We're happy to provide that for them to help them be sure of themselves. But in actuality, truly to become a strategist, you may leverage these tools, but there is a big mindset opportunity for you to just fully embrace that you are a strategist. And once you do that, that's when you can release the control of being the expert doer that you may have been known for in the past or are currently known for. So talk about the mindset exploration that people need to go through to kind of rid themselves of, in some ways, it's like the version of the person you used to be Mm. rather than the person that you know you can be. And I believe that's where we get stuck because these people who come through our programs absolutely know that they are capable of being a strategist, but something is holding them back. So mm-hmm. what, what can we explore? What can you impart on us as we make that jump? Okay, I wanna go two directions with this. I am gonna give a very practical example, but first I wanna talk about that shift, that desire. This is something that I am obviously passionate about. I end up working with a lot of people who go through the certification program and also decide that they want to offer consulting, right? As an example, whether that's totally where they want to go in their business, they want to offer that alongside of fractional DOO offers, whatever it is. That's a decision and a desire. The mechanism to make it possible is deeply, deeply rooted in mindset and confidence. Confidence is what people buy. Confidence is what is sexy. We talk a lot about the unsexy sides of business, but I'm going to just call that out because that's not something that we can go on to AppSumo and buy ourselves a dose of confidence because guess what? Shelves would be sold out. I'd be buying it all day long. Confidence is what we have to lean into and confidence comes through the doing. And so sometimes it's like, okay, but I don't have, you know, a full roster of clients or I don't have a bunch of experience. We can also get confidence by knowing ourselves more and doing that work in terms of embracing what exists. Okay. So I want to highlight that because if I can say like, what is the thing that holds people back from actually actualizing realizing their dream of shifting, whether it's from OBM to DOO or whatever it is, giving up that identity, it's the confidence and the trust, trusting themselves that they're going to navigate it with grace and ease and build confidence along the way. So that's a piece of it. And then I want to give you a very tangible example of how I use the Colby to give data to myself. Like this is how I did this with myself, but this is like the work that I will do with people individually who are making this transition. Right now, I have a book in my hand from Kathy Colby. Natalie, I'm sure you know this book well, Striving Zones, right? And so I'm going to take one piece of the Colby, one, and I'm going to show you. So I'm going to take my eight as a fact finder. That's my first number. And I know that that is an initiating action for me. And I'm going to read this simple little sentence. It says people who initiate fact finder actions have the essential ability to specify, strategize, and define opportunities. When free to be themselves, they gather information through their drive to deliberate, differentiate, document, and designate. So that's me, one little piece of me, but that's a pure goldmine, folks. When you read something like that about yourself that literally screams, you're a strategist. 
can't unsee that. Like that is empowering for me. That's like looking at the Myers-Briggs on steroids because that's immediately applicable to what I'm trying to do and the confidence piece that I need to build. So what do I do with this? If we're being very tangible, this is how I start to show up in discovery calls. This is how I start to speak in my messaging. This combined with my core values and who I am as an individual, but I am somebody who inherently is able to strategize and define opportunities for visionary entrepreneurs and come alongside them as a strategic partner. And you're like, damn, that sounds sexy. I took two sentences. And from two sentences, I can start to now be curious about how that's showing up for me in the way that I'm speaking, the way that I'm carrying myself, or how I'm downplaying my strengths. Because not every one of us, if we sat in a room of 20 of us right now, we're not all going to have that as our number one strength. And that's only one tiny little piece. Yes. Actually, if we sat in a room with 20 of us, a lot of us in my community would be initiating backfinders. So, right, right. <laughs> but when you're looking at broader teams and, and how this comes into play, but yes, thank you for the tangible, you know, and pulling it back to this piece. And you can see how all of this kind of builds on that first point that we made of knowing yourself, right? So, as you're moving into that strategic space, I call this the highest common denominator, which is a, it's a scary place to jump to. When we want to feel safe, we go to that lowest common denominator, the place that we feel the safest in. It may not be the most rewarding for you. It may not feel good. You may not enjoy doing it, but it's the safest. And that's going to be the skills that just don't really take any thought from you. But are those the skills that fully exude the best version of you? No, lots of times th those are skills that are showing up that are either really old, but we just, we use them as a crutch. And so always looking for the highest common denominator, which is, again, it's a stretch. It's something that you aspire for yourself, but is not present all the time every day. The cool thing is as you look back over, you know, your history, you will see that the skills that are your highest common denominator used to be your lowest. So mm. you're always moving and moving and moving up the rung, if you will. And sometimes we define new ones, brand new ones, because we didn't know it. And we, we didn't see it for what it was back then. It's a very, I, I'm always asking myself, even in my own children, like, is this an easy skill for you, which would be the lowest common, or is this a stretch of a skill? And is mm. that stretch a place that I want to be known for. And that's the confidence. This ties back into the confidence piece. In our certification, we we measure confidence. We ask people upon entry. We also ask people upon exit of our program, did you gain confidence? 100%. It's the only stat that we have that is 100% at this time. 100% report being more confident. Why are they more confident? Knowledge. Yeah, we've given them a path of knowledge, but we also have that accountability and that support to help them see their highest common gifts and how to put that into a package where they're showing up as themselves. Mm -hmm. They're no longer trying to be somebody else. They're no longer building somebody else's business. And so really getting into that strategic space is all about confidence and those data points and seeing what your highest gifts are. So thank you for sharing that. This also impacts pricing, as you mentioned earlier. It's like, I think one of the things that we get a lot of times is how do I price? And I want a formula for pricing. Actually, <laughs> over the weekend on Facebook, I saw somebody has a downloadable PDF for 
the perfect way to price your services, which I did not download it myself, but I'm thinking, oh, friend, like this, this cannot work for people. You cannot put a blanket out there for pricing. Pricing is, is more of a mindset game than anything else. Mm -hmm. And I, I think the result of that still comes back to, to knowing yourself, the first point that we had. And then leveraging your highest gift versus your lowest gift or or a past version of yourself. I will see people in our certification who will take the goodies, the wisdom that they have gotten out of the DOO program. They'll start to offer those, but they will be pricing it with last year or the last version of themselves pricing, which mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense. And we know that as we talk, but in the moment, you're there's so much fear there. There's so much scarcity there. So from a mindset perspective, how do we make that shift into embracing the pricing, the expression, whatever that looks like mm-hmm. as your next best self? So I think this there's obviously a lot to this, but starting with scarcity mindset versus growth mindset around just money in general, right? Where do you show up on that spectrum? Because remembering that mindset isn't something that is a blanket, right? We don't have a growth mindset or a fixed mindset. It's going to show up in different areas based on truly who we are, but also our upbringing. So, because we all know people that are like, awesome. I learned a new skill. I'm good. I'm changing my prices. Boom, out the door they go. And that was not me. I just want to be clear about that. And so I was always like, dang, how do they do that? Like, that's amazing, right? But again, there were things that I could do with these that they weren't able to. So this is where I want you to put your blinders on to some degree and come back to yourself. Yes, we have to understand what's the market average and what are people willing to invest in our pricing and what feels good to us, okay? I just said a word there that I want everybody to start to adopt when it comes to pricing. I want you to start saying investment. What is the investment to work with me? That single word changed a whole bunch of mindset in terms of confidence and the way that I saw the person on the other end of the discovery call or the other end of the proposal because they were investing in me. And just by saying that, I felt differently. So there are a lot of layers to this, right? So how, if you don't have a great, solid relationship with money, if money has always been a thing that's a stressor, if money was a thing that was never abundant in growing up, if money was the thing that made you feel unsafe or continues to, you're going to show up differently when it comes to pricing. You're going to go into that place of wanting to price below where you should be because you just, anything is better than nothing, right? Paying attention to how do you speak about money? How do you feel about money? How does money trigger you? What are your personal tendencies and how is that showing up in terms of how you're pricing your offers, right? Are you saying it costs this much to work with me? Probably. I mean, there's a good chance. Simply today, if we're doing tangible little actions, replace the word cost with investment. The investment to partner with me is X, changing it to work to partner. Catching yourself every time you say cost, pausing and repeating it with investment. This is truly mindset work. Mindset work takes curiosity. Mindset work takes patience. Mindset work takes continuing to lean into doing the work and then looking backwards to see how far you've come. So pricing is 
very, very subjective to you as the individual. So it needs to come back to knowing yourself as the individual. I'm going to use the lens of human design to talk about this just a little bit more where you could know yourself and what your tendencies might be. So I'm going to use myself as an example. I have an open ego in the world of human design, okay? Where that may show up with pricing, and it has lots, but until understanding this, I didn't realize is wanting to please people, wanting to make sure that everybody is happy. And so in order to do that, I would underprice my offers so that I got more yeses because I was measuring my success and my worth by how many transactions in the early days of my business. I felt good when Dubsado said, so-and-so has paid their invoice. Boom, success, next level. Like Until one day, I literally had this moment of like, I have a full roster of less than ideal clients. 80% of the people on my roster plus my wait list were not my dream clients. I realized that I was leaning into my ability to be really good at sales, even though I said I wasn't good at sales. I am because I was having conversations and identifying my ability to help people. But I share this whole story because you have to be aware of where your tendencies are showing up. And that's that shadow side of things, right? So yeah, I can be a natural good strategist, but if I'm constantly underpricing myself and not being in alignment with my values because my mindset is not in a more of an abundant state around money, because on the flip side, going back to pure mindset, I had things that my dad used to say to me, I love my dad, but I'm just going to also, I share this all the time in inner circle, but things like money doesn't grow on trees or you never look a gift horse in the mouth. Those words, those sayings, those limiting beliefs were also accompanying me to every discovery call. So my open ego then through human design was showing up and being like, I'm going to prove to the universe that I can land any client instead of stepping back into that place of abundance of this is an opportunity to have a discussion with a fellow business owner and find out if we're a match. Now that didn't happen in the early days. And when it did, what happened? I still got lots of yeses and my roster started to grow with dream clients. My nervous system felt better. I was able to realize the value that people saw in me and then my pricing went up, right? So it's this whole, it's a whole nucleus of pieces that are at play simply about your pricing. But again, why do I know all this? Why can I tell you guys all of these things today? Because I know myself and I know a heck of a lot about my blind spots. And right now, if I am not careful and I came out with a new offer or a new service, or I felt like my revenue was dropping, I am going to have a high tendency to underprice myself. Yep. Oh, goodness. I mean, we could have a whole podcast on that. Maybe, maybe a whole series on this because it really ties into everything that we've talked about. We will go back to our former self when the economy, I mean, let's just say COVID or, you know, 2023 or whatever, when we've had a setback in our professional life, it's like, oh goodness. Instead of rewriting it to fit you, mm. the next best mm-hmm. version of you, our minds, our bodies just go into this preservation space where it is not a growth mindset. We go back into that former version of us And we go to the lowest common denominator. Whatever felt safe back then will pop up again. And I've had so, I mean, just so many conversations about this in my journey of mentoring other women 
And honestly, Melissa has sat across the, the screen or the phone for me and had these conversations with me in this business that you guys see today, where it's like, ooh, our cohort may not have had as many sales as we wanted to. And so, I mean, I would be an absolute liar if I told you that I still don't have the thought of, is this too expensive or should we change this or should we pull this piece out? Should we make, you know, this version of this? And we play tricks with ourselves because Mm -hmm. in my strongest, in the most confident, in the highest version of me, the highest common denominator, what we are doing is super solid and lends itself to the results and the reward. I wrote down some things earlier when you were saying about changing from cost to investment. Mm-hmm. Cost is like what it's worth. Investment to me is like, what's the result? What's the deliverable? What do I get in exchange for this? It's much less tangible, in my opinion, than the cost of something. The cost of something, think about an investment property. That's the very first visual I had is you when you said investment, I was thinking, ooh, an investment property. I don't think of that as the home that I live in every single day. However, the home that I'm living in right now is absolutely an investment property. <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's just different. So when you say investment, it means something different. The result is the emphasis, the benefit. You know, that lends itself to a much easier sales conversation, in my opinion, for you in a place of safety for you to get the best exchange, monetary exchange for that. The other thing that you mentioned is curiosity. Curiosity is a skill that every operator has because operators tend to have a whole lot of the fact finder that we spoke about earlier. That fact finder is laced and the ability to be curious is built inside of that, right? So we know that our community is by and large Truly, I mean, most of our operators and most of our DOOs have a really strong fact-finding skill. Well, what's behind a fact-finder? Asking a lot of questions, right? (laughs) We are curious by nature. So we have the building blocks to create a really strong mindset. That Mm -hmm. is something that we already have. And I feel like people will push mindset work aside because it feels hard. It feels hard. But I want to emphasize something that Melissa probably didn't even, it certainly isn't tied into our, it wasn't planned in our conversation, but you have the the strongest ingredient for mindset, which is curiosity. And if you're listening today, just know that this is work that you have to put in. If you're willing and open and aspire to become that next best version of you, mindset work is gonna be part of it. It's not just gonna fall in place. It's not just gonna land in your lap. We've got lots of data points that prove against that. There's a combination of several things that are going to need to take place. And mindset work is really, really critical. So Melissa, any closing words as we wrap up? I just want to say that this work really will change you. Looking at who you are is going to be that thing that you're never going to regret. So It may feel or sound a little bit fluffy. It's not. It is incredibly strategic. It's incredibly important. It's probably the missing ingredient in so many people's business. And I say that from, it was missing from mine for a long, long time. And when you look at people that you admire and respect and desire to have a business similar to, get curious about what are they doing that you can't see, right? 
I can almost guarantee you that there's some element of this inner leadership, some element of knowing yourselves more. And again, we've used that term a lot. That does not mean going and sitting in a cave and meditating for a week. Okay. (laughs) When I first started with mindset work, like that's what I thought it was. And it can be if that's the modality or the, you know, direction that you want to go. But from a very practical and left brain individual, that's not what it means for me. So this work gets to be how you want it to look. You go and find the tools that light you up, whether it's the Colby or the disc or a strengths finder or human design. I don't care. Get curious, get some data, most of which is free or under a hundred dollars to get an assessment mm-hmm. and start there. Yes. I love it. Melissa, as always, thank you so much for hanging out, for sharing all of your wisdom with our audience. Your work fills a a very important piece of what we do here and in our deliverable of having women become the next best version of themselves so that they can leverage those skills to build a business and a career that brings them ease and fulfillment. That's what I feel every single day when I put these two feet on the ground. And I am just so grateful that we can partner to, to help women achieve that. Thank you so much, Nat. It's really, really a pleasure. Awesome. Before we go, tell people where they can find you. There may be like one or two people listening today that don't know the great Melissa. (laughs) (laughs) So let them know where they can find you. You can come hang out with me every Monday with the release of our new podcast episodes, the Ready, Set, CEO podcast. We also have a Facebook group, the Up Level Lounge on Facebook or Instagram or Facebook messages feel free to reach out. It really is me behind there. I'm usually on Instagram more, Melissa Froelich underscore biz. Nat will have the links in the show notes because my last name is impossible to spell. (laughs) I have one of those too, you know. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Alrighty, friends. Thank y'all for hanging out and you'll hear from us next week. Thank you for investing just a little bit of time to listen to this episode of the Ops Authority Podcast. I am so grateful to be surrounded by real action takers like you who are invested in growing their business through operations. Will you add one more action to your to-do list today? Visit theopsauthoritypodcast.com where you can join our community of business owners and other ops experts. You're going to hear from me in a week, but in the meantime, do big things on the backside of your business.